we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the weekend vigilante, Sheila Zielinski. Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this February 2nd, Friday. It is Happy Release the Memo Day. You know, the absolutely jaw-dropping, and that's really what I call it. It it is jaw-dropping the nature and scope of this memo. It's unreal. So buckle up, folks, because things are going to get very interesting in the days to come. I'm going to give you a full analysis over the weekend. I'm going to give you a little bit of one right now. I'm going to jump right into the show because Paul Bagley, that's right, Pastor Paul Bagley, joins me on this segment. It's going to be very good. We really are overdue to have him back. Back on the show, Paul. I mean, the insanity, the the ins- the the crazy train has left the building. This memo is, is just unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, I know. I just it- read the whole thing, and, and it just oh, I haven't even looked to see what the talking heads are saying. What the fallout is at MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. But uh, you mean well. uh, Commie News and MSLSD? Yeah, there you go. That's it. <laughs> That's not what they're on, I guess. You know what? They waited till it was almost the election, the 21st of October, and then they used this fake dossier. I mean, this is, if there was ever a rinky-dink, politically motivated, this is treason. It's treason. Not only is it treason, but think about what James Comey said back on July 8th, 2017. Remember when he was under testimony? What did he say? I wanted to assure him there was no investigation. Not a legal one. (laughs) But there was an illegal one going on. (laughs) And I wonder if people know, Paul, that FISA application warrants are for foreign domestic spies. This is we're talking about espionage. You don't just walk into some federal court and go get a FISA, uh, an application for a FISA warrant. I mean, the, the, the magnitude and the scope of this is absolutely jaw-dropping, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Heads should roll. You have a completely complicit media. You've got a systematic institutional situation that is way beyond self-correcting, utilizing the criminal justice system and counterintelligence capabilities to spy on Americans without disclosing that it was based on the dossier. Yeah, the same British spy Christopher Steele dossier compiled by Fusion GPS. Without it, they couldn't have got it. So the the ultimate end game of the Obama DOJ was to overthrow a legitimate presidential administration and the media is complicit? FISA wasn't told of the origins that it was political opposition research. It was signed off. The renewals of these FISA applications signed off three different times, paid for by Hillary Clinton, Comey, McCabe, Rosenstein, Sally Yates involved. Oh, gee, I wonder why they were concerned it would get released. Signs a warrant to a federal court based on info we couldn't even verify. The man is an outright liar. He lied under oath. The guy got a warrant that circumvents an American citizen's constitutional rights and and people don't bat an eye. You got people jumping off the USS treason, you know, so fast. Oh, gee, I wonder why Andrew McCabe. Oh, gee, I wonder why he resigned Monday of this week. Gee. <laughs> we know. I think we, he signed off. He's, He's one of the signatures. One of the signatures. James Comey signed three of these. Yep. Good old Sally Yates, no fan of Trump. I mean, this is absolutely, you can't make this stuff up. What about Rod Rowenstein? I mean, he signed one or more, it says. Not only did he sign off, but listen, by about there was three separate 90-day renewals here. Paul, I want to hear you say your famous line right now. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you have to have probable cause to keep getting a renewal every 90 days. Exactly. They were denied the first couple of times. But, you know, they talked to Christopher Steele. 
They take off the Fusion app, submit a DOJ stamp, and submit it to a federal judge? A fraudulent affidavit to a federal judge, like you just said, was signed off all three renewals of these FISA applications. I mean, come on, by about round two or three of this, you know, forget the first one. Even ones on the first one, they knew it was paid for by Hillary Clinton. Comey, McCabe, Rosenstein, they signed off. Jimmy the Hack, remember what he tweeted or he was yammering on, let justice roll down like a river. Yeah, you hypocritical, lying scumbag. Let justice roll. That that's exactly right. Right. And who's your who? And I I just did a video on this after reading it, and I just said, but folks, look at all the names and all the players: GPS Fusion and the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee. I said, whose name is missing in all of this? Who was the architect? Who was the who was who said let's do this? Where's Barack Obama's name? Because Actually, somebody had to call the first shot. Who organized yes. it? I mean, Hillary certainly was involved in the organization of it. It had to be the Democrat, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Hillary Clinton, and Barack Obama, because Obama was probably going to benefit from Hillary winning, carrying on his legacy, and moving us toward the new world order, I guess, and then handing it back to him maybe once. I don't know. I mean, there was never going to be another election, I don't think. What is Hillary Clinton not involved with? Look at one scandal after the other, Benghazi, Asia fundraising scandal, her private emails, Whitewater, Travelgate, Humagate, Wienergate, Pardongate, the Clinton Foundation, the pay-to-play, the backdoor to the State Department, an open checkbook for foreigners to curry favor, the mysterious files, the disappearance and the rediscovery of Hillary's Rose Law Firm records, Filegate, Hubble Trouble, the Waco trap. Tragedy, their Swedish slush fund, Trooper Gate, Jennifer Flowers, Larry Lawrence, the Cattle Futures, China Gate, you know, their slush fund. I mean, Bill Clinton yammering, oh, some thoughts as we remember those lost in Haiti. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the, the cojones on this guy. You looted Haiti like a peg-legged pirate. You and your crooked wife, your cheesy slush fund foundation working in concert to turn it into the beep hole that Trump called it. I mean, they both have a lot of kahunas. She gets on the Grammys. She does this little jokey. Oh, I'm going to read from Fire and Fury. I mean, it was just a Trump bash fest. You have the biggest yep. televised, I'm, I'm talking the biggest televised music awards show on the planet. You got half the, well, the entire continent who wants her locked up and hang for treason and yet her cringeworthy ilk can just vociferously deride a sitting president. I mean, let's flash back to the Dixie Chicks that went from country music darlings to anathematized pariahs after bashing a president. Gee, oh, how the paradigm has shifted, Paul. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, Sheila, Sheila, Sheila. It's crazy. Well, look, uh, just like this, you had you had the Department of Justice and the FBI in total collusion. There's your collusion. You know, we I am so tired of hearing Rachel Maddow and, and Chris Matthews. Yeah. He had a tingle go up his leg. I mean, this whole Russian collusion confusion <laughs> is bogus. And was so uh, it's such a conjured up lie of demons. And basically what they did was they under the architect, I believe, of Barack Obama, they put this plan together, Sheila, to literally destroy this presidency. But it was it's bigger than that. It was not just to destroy Donald Trump and the, and the Trump presidency. This was to destroy our democracy. This is treason. I'm going to at some point, I will sit down and write down all the names. There should be a, like a, a tribunal. There should be like a public tribunal. I mean, I just don't know how this people have to go to prison for this. It's treason. You know, we've, you're going to start seeing the, the lawyers are really going to start to circle the wagons. Uh, they're going to start to say, OK, who paid for this dossier? OK, we know the Clinton campaign and the D Democratic National Con Committee, the DNC. And we know that even the FBI paid Christopher Steele one hundred and sixty thousand yeah. dollars for his expert analysis and whatever he dug up. And then the, the guy who owns GPS Fusion, I think the guy's name's Samson or something like that, um, his wife got hired, and they paid her to go see if she could dig up some stuff and, and, and bring some stuff. They, they didn't say where their source of their information was to go after poor little Carter Page.
No, it's a systematic institutional situation that, that Paul is so way beyond self-correcting. When you are utilizing the criminal justice system and counterintelligence capabilities to spy on Americans without disclosing, I mean, that is a fraudulent affidavit to a federal judge. That is so, this is really serious, Paul. Right. Now, the thing we have to look at is how bad did Obama, during his eight years, did he stack the deck? If you look at the judicial system, you know, the first time Trump tried to put it put in the uh, travel ban, immediately there was a federal judge saying, nope, you can't do that. Every time he signed an executive order, nope, nope, nope. And then he had, you know, he had all the people protesting in the streets before he could barely get his hand off George Washington's Bible. They were already breaking windows two streets down in Washington. Barack Obama just moved in the house two miles down the road, and he still got Valerie Jarrett living in there. They never planned on leaving. They never planned on leaving. They figured Trump would be out of office before spring, if even gets sworn in. And they literally, this was a soft coup. This was an absolute coup to destroy the democracy of the United States. Of America. I mean, you can't even make it up about Bathhouse Barry, jihadist in chief that he was. Wasn't born in the USA, was born in Kenya, spent time in Indonesia, raised as a commie agitator, became an avowed Islamist. His brother was a gun runner, heading the arms procurement for the Muslim Brotherhood. He was groomed by Zbigniew Brzezinski, and during his meteoric rise to presidency, what did he make? Oh, some very important communist inroads, which ultimately led to his very impressive college education financed by. Oh, gee, some very familiar communist activists, namely Bill Ayers, Weatherman Underground, Bernadine Dorn, those two devils, the most evil people alive, Obama's family and former ex-Goldman Sachs executive, ex-Treasury Secretary and World Bank leader Timothy Geithner. They've been joined together at the hip for decades. Tim Geithner's father worked for the CIA and the Rockefeller-funded Ford Foundation in Asia. Oh, okay, wait, Barry's mother was in charge of microfinance and Geithner's father was Obama's mother's boss? Gee, not likely was a well-groomed Manchurian candidate who, who sat in the Oval Office. What an imposter. And yet this is the same guy involved with all these hucksters involved in this memo. It's crazy. Uh, you know something, uh, Sheila, as well as I was thinking about it as well, that how scary this is as well. How close we were to this regime, to this hostile takeover of America, right before our very eyes. It was so close. It was 76,000 votes in five states. That's how close. And I see, I see dead people voting, uh, lots of them. And, uh, and it's a miracle that Trump won. This. It's an absolute miracle that he won. And now the question is, how do we unravel this thing? I mean, again, the judicial system is loaded. It is stacked with uh, Obama judges all over the place. And so what Trump has to do now, obviously, he has to fire Robert Mueller, get rid of that guy. That's a waste of time and taxpayers' money. He's the monster of the swamp. Got to go. You know, Rowenstein needs to get his uh, resignation on the desk of the president right now, like this afternoon. So he's got to appoint some, somebody new, I guess, over the FBI, somebody over the Department of Justice. I don't know if Jeff Sessions, what do we do with him? Um, I mean, is he going to do anything? Can he do anything? Does he legally have a right to do anything? Do we got to get rid of him so we can get somebody? Maybe we go get Trey Gowdy, get him to resign early and then throw him over. I don't know. this, But there are federal judges. This thing is stacked. It's full of uh, swamp monsters and alligators and serpents and snakes in the swamp. And the further we drain the swamp, Sheila, the uglier it gets. But boy, we got to do it to save America. Wow, you said so much there. You mentioned the dead voters, the deceased ones. Here's a clip for you, Paul. I see dead people. (laughs) I see a lot of dead people voting. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is time to get the pitchforks and take to the streets here, Paul. How much more of this three-ring circus ridiculous clown show can we tolerate? Who can stomach any more of this mishmash of buffoons and degenerates? You know, Chuck the Schmuck, you got Timmy the Tuba, Jimmy the Snake, Loretta the Lynch, Slick Willie the Nose. I mean, you couldn't make up these diabolical characters up if there was a, a pure evil fiction character's lineup, a top 10 worst villains of all time. I mean, they'd look like schoolboys next to these sinister Satanists. <laughs> it's crazy! And Eric Holder, we can't forget him because even though he got out of this thing two years early and let Loretta Lynch come in, I mean, you had the Bill Clinton 
tarmac meeting uh, talking about grandkids and golf. We have all of this. The Clintons, I mean, Uranium One, I mean, if they want to talk about Russian collusion, Uranium One was the, and look how many nine different agencies signed off on Uranium One. So basically, we could say to Hillary Clinton, we could say, Hillary, let's see if we got this right. You turned your back and let Benghazi happen. You sold 20% of our uranium, you and Obama, to the Russians through the Canadians. And uh, oh, by the way, James Comey signed off on that. Robert Mueller signed off on that. Barack Obama, Eric Holder. It goes on and on and on. Then you turn around and say, no, the real collusion was Trump was in bed with the Russians. Yeah, through Carter Page. Carter Page. Poor little Carter Page, a volunteer who just laughs and walks around. I mean, <laughs> after you do a FISA, a FISA warrant, like you said, you got to be you got to be a, a 007 spy to get that put on you. <laughs> I mean, Carter Page. He's got a he's got a FISA warrant on him. He doesn't even know how bad this is. He's on NBC and everywhere still saying, I don't know, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> this is insanity. Are you serious? You really cannot make this stuff up. And then you of course, you know, you look at Donald Trump. What an incredibly classy speech. I mean, he just absolutely nailed his State of the Union. But, oh, let's wheel in the crypt keeper herself, nasty Pelosi. Look at that contorting, that hockey mask you call a face. You got drooling Joe the Schmo. You got squirming <laughs> Chuck the Schmuck. It was like a political exorcism watching these three stooges chanting incoherently at every mention of, of course, God and America. I mean, and you just cannot make this stuff up, Paul. <laughs> I love your play on words. I really do. Yeah, Nasty Nancy, you know, she couldn't Look, they were super glued. The, the whole left side of the house was super glued to their seats. They couldn't even cheer for Congressman Scalise living. The <laughs> we got a guy over here got shot. He sits in the in the House of Representatives. At least stand up and say, "Well, thank God he's alive." They couldn't even cheer for the police officer who adopted the baby from the heroin addict. He couldn't even yeah. stand for the national anthem. Oh, that we should be surprised by that. But I mean, seriously, this was a this was a group that was like at a funeral. It was like a wake. They they realized this was the FISA report was getting ready to be released, and they were like at a funeral. This was a wake before the funeral. You know what I'm saying? It was that ugly and depressing. And Nancy Pelosi, she talks about Lady Liberty crying. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. Lady Liberty is crying, but it's not over uh, what she thinks. It is over what has happened to this great nation. You know, even despite all that, though, Paul, kudos to Trump. Because he steamed rolled over them like political roadkill. He did. You know, something else I think about the president was he's giving this tremendous speech, raising the, the, the level of hope for America. And and he did it without being the he wasn't. This was Trump not being Trump. Yeah. This was Trump saying, it's not all about me. I can fix it all. He's saying, you know, it's about you. You folks have fixed America. Yeah. And he started showing all these wonderful heroes. And he was courteous and he was considerate. And he kept reaching to the left trying to. I mean, this was the most brilliant move I have ever seen. The president's uh, numbers are going to continue to climb. The Democrats are digging themselves deeper into their grave politically. They, they talk about the blue wave sweep coming. Yeah, it's a blue wave sweep out the door. It's going to be huge. Just unbelievable. The money laundering, the treason, the, the extortion. Where is the rule of law? Um, All this is on a grand scale that makes Watergate look like child's play. There's so much going on every day. We, we Every other day we're getting bathed in a toxic soup of, oh, it's Hollywood Grope Fest. It's oh this my. Grope Fest extravaganza. But here's the deal. This is exciting. God is pulling back the curtain on all this wickedness. Yes. Yes, he is. And Sheila, you said it so well. He is revealing that which was done in secret will be shouted from the housetop. Jesus said that would be one of the signs of the last days. And we're seeing this now. The, the spotlight is there. The revealing, the unveiling, the realization of just how wicked a cesspool that the, the swamp had become. And, and here's the thing I think. And then what's sad is there's some really good people. There are some great people who work in the government in different ages, every agency. There's good people in there who, you know, you hate to see them tarnished by what goes on. But uh, there has to be an exorcism, as you said earlier. There has to be an exorcism. And I was sitting there today saying, 
there ought to be mass resignations. There should be people resigning, jump, literally. The, there should be members of Congress, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, that right on down the line. Anyone left over from the Obama era should be turning in their resignations if they had anything to do with this. And here's what I found out, Sheila. There's no shame anymore. People do whatever they want. They grope whoever they want. They say whatever they want. And they don't care, even when they're caught. You got the Frankenstein, Al Frankenstein up there in Minnesota. <laughs> it took forever to get rid of him. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. There's just no shame. Uh, so who is Trump going to be able to pick? Trump's got to go find a champion. Um, I think he should turn to the, I don't know if it's legal. I don't even know if we can do this. I think he should turn to the Supreme Court and he should uh, go get the guy he just picked or, or someone. If, if, do we have a Supreme Court that can do this and say, guys, the thing is so corrupted. This was a coup to destroy America. We need somebody to pass judgment. We need some kind of a tribunal. We got to get rid of these people that are destroying this country. And uh, there's probably a list of 40 to 50 that really need to go to prison or certainly be removed. They should be hand them a little brown box and say, put your stuff in it. You're going home. It's over. Is Lisa Page and Peter uh, uh, Strzok, are they still on the payroll with the FBI? Yeah, yeah. How many anti-Trump texts were exchanged? <laughs> More than than what, 50,000 messages? I know he was ousted from the Russia probe, but who knows where these people are lurking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another thing. We've talked about the corruption in the uh, the, co the Congress and in the legislators, the corruption in the political process of the D Department of Justice, the corruption in the FBI leadership. But Sheila, the media, look at the responsibility. Matt Lauer's gone, yes. Got a couple other guys for the groping, but let's get real. We got some people that have to go. They were complicit in this. They literally, some of the uh, top executives, I guarantee you, at CNN and MSNBC and, and the New York Times, the Washington Post, and we can go down a list of them, they were complicit. They were in on it. And if we could find out who was actually in these secret society meetings, it would scare you to realize that this was a collaborated plan to take down America. And somehow through the grace of God, through the miracle working hand of God and the prayer of God's people, we're getting our country back. It's ugly, but we're gonna get it back. Amen. Well, and the enemy's having a field day here. And not surprising, looking at the absolute dung heap of a mess the church is in. You know, coterminous to all these devils we gotta contend with. Look at all the devils and the false prophets in the church. And here's their congregants. You know, the devil is mopping the floor with most Christians. You know, they're tormented and afflicted and in bondage and attacks on their, their marriage, their finances. People's lives are crumbling. And yet, oh, it's crickets chirping in the pulpit because, oh, why are we as Christians not using our authority? We're not learning about spiritual warfare. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. Spiritual wickedness and in high places. That's not some cutesy phrase in Ephesians 6, Paul. No, it's the real deal. And we have to get, that's where we have to get now. Now that we realize that we're, we have to slay dragons, we have to literally exercise demons. The cotton candy Christianity has to take a back seat for a while. Okay, we got to get we got to get some strong warriors, some prayer warriors, and I think that there have been some Sheila actually that have been rising up quietly in the war rooms across America. And I think what's happened is I'm, I have to say when the president allowed. 40 pastors to come into the White House and anoint him with oil, lay their hands and pray on him. Seven times he's done this. Amen. And that's unheard of. We haven't ever. So, I mean, the guy's got flaws. We all do. Okay. But at least he is humble enough and recognizing that he needs God enough that he keeps bringing them in for the prayer. And 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 I got to say this. I mean, it might have started with the first lady. I'm going to just be honest with you. The first lady in that five hours when the Obamas and the, and the Trumps went down to the Capitol and Trump is being sworn in as the 45th president of the United States, um, Melania Trump said to her husband, she said, I'm not going to go into that White House unless it has been completely exercised. I mean, because apparently over the eight years that, uh, that Obama was there, and maybe even some of the presidents before him, there was all kinds of idol gods and images and all kinds of artifacts in there that were demonic. Even some of the stuff was left over from the Clinton era because they were really tied in with the Haitians. I can tell you, you can read the serpent and the rainbow story and you'll find out just how much Haitian witch doctor influence was on Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton's lives. I mean, they constantly went back there. They spent their honeymoon with a witch doctor. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but Melania said, you got to get all that out of there and send in some preachers, priests. I don't care. She wanted priests, anyone, preachers and priests and anyone go in there and cleanse the White House or I will not spend one night in there. And he did. During that five hours when they're ripping out carpets and changing drapes, there were people in there packing up every idol. The only thing was left, Sheila, was one cross on one wall. They cleansed the White House. They had people in there anointing it with oil and praying everywhere. Wow. So this might have been the big, this was a major spiritual, you know, it might sound like, well, that was overdoing it, Paul. That was a little uh, excessive. No, that you got to take the seat of authority when you go into spiritual warfare you start with the spiritual authority, and then it goes from there out. And I think that that might have been where this whole thing began in a mighty way of exercising the demons. But we're not near done, Sheila. Now we need the churches. As you've said, you put a call out to the pastors, to the churches. Start preaching and teaching on spiritual warfare, because now it's going to get real ugly. Oh, yeah, it's going to get real ugly. And here's the thing. We're not waiting on Trump to do this. I mean, he's a part of this. I believe that God has him there for a reason. But it's not about expecting Trump to change all this. It's not in Trump we trust. It's in God. One man changing everything? No. Oh, I'm waiting for God to do this. I'm waiting for Trump to do that. How about God is waiting on you? I mean, these armchair Christians, Paul, I mean, this is, those days are over. Like, it is time to get in the fight, report for duty, because God gave us the rod of authority. What does it say there in Exodus 14? We are given the rod of authority. We're the ones that are supposed to be dealing with how ugly this thing is going to get. And where does it start? In our war rooms, in our prayer groups. What part of that do Christians not get? Oh, we can always use prayer as a last resort. No, it ought to be the first resort. Where's the disconnect in that, Paul, do you think? Well, I think what's happened is it's been uh, there's been a replacement in the message. Uh, that, that spiritual warfare message, recognizing you have an enemy, first of all. You have to recognize that the thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. But then Jesus also said, behold, I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Nevertheless, rejoice not because those spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice your name is written down in glory. Mm -hmm. So we have to first understand our authority. You're right on the money. You're a thousand percent correct. Well, instead we've done is we've replaced the message of power and evangelistic and, and, and demon slaying and taken authority of our families and our lives. We've replaced it with Monday night yoga, Tuesday night bowling, <laughs> Wednesday night financial classes, Thursday night marriage counseling, Friday night another marriage counseling because you didn't get it on Thursday night. You know what I'm saying? And tithing on Saturday seminars. And that's what we've replaced. We're putting Band-Aids on problems instead of empowering the saints to be the warriors, the, the, the Christians that we really need to be. Well, and you know, if I told the listening audience, oh, by the way, I just want to let you know you have an inheritance. I mean, they'd be down at that lawyer's in a heartbeat. Right. I know I would be. So why are Christians, I guess this is my question, living so far beneath their, their privilege that Jesus died to, to give them? Do you know that the guys that turned the world upside down in the book of Acts, Paul, they didn't have stately buildings or get on TV and bag and, and hold out their uh, $100 million jet from Creflo dollar bill. I mean, it is so lascivious. You know, every day's a Friday. Kumbaya. Let's join hands. Let's coexist. Let's have a group hug. Paul, we just really need to come together on what we do believe in. I mean, what an absolute doctrine of devils. But, you know, I, I want to know why people are living so far beneath their privilege because those men, even, I mean, 11 of the apostles died tragic deaths. I mean, Christianity is more like the book of Job than the book of Joel Osteen. <laughs> well, of course, what's happened is um, there's the American Christianity brand. And then there's the Middle East Christians or the North Korean Christians or the Chinese yeah. Christians who are suffering great persecution. And this is what I've learned from studying and, and traveling. I've found out that where there's great persecution, there's great power. And until a people realize they're oppressed, until they realize that they're in a desperate situation and they got to turn to God, they have a tendency to make God out to be a sugar daddy instead of uh, who he is. 
our sovereign father with our with our with his son Jesus Christ for our redemption of sins. And so America the Christians, I think maybe one thing that will come out of all of this that we're seeing in Washington is we're going to separate the men from the boys. We're going to find out when the rubber meets the road who's really willing to stand up now and fight for our rights as and our society as as a Christian society that we are. Who's going to fight for it? Who's going to really going to be there for us? And uh, it's time to step up and I think the American Christians, when they see that they're under siege and that they're about, we are so close to losing this wonderful privilege we've had and this grace we've had and this a great prosperous land that we live in. We're going to see some folks step up and start to pray, start organizing, start pushing back, and it's going to and, and, and risk life and limb for the freedom we have in, in Christ. And I think you're going to see it, Sheila. I think we're starting to see it. I've been pushing heavily for Christians to start running for political office. Look, people should run for the ma- Christians ought to be the mayors of the towns. Amen. They should. We need. We need devout, strong Christians in Congress. We don't need Nancy Pelosi sitting there shaking her head at God. I would like to see some people there saying, "Amen." Yes, we love America. Yes. You know, yes. we're praying. So I think if we. This is part of the revival. Taking back America will require a stronger church. It will take the church to take it back because political parties and pundits won't get it done. They play by the same crooked rules as the other side. Nothing good comes out of it. It takes the church to take it back. The party will be over if they don't step up, you know, and I think they got to come. They got to feel the pressure like the Christians in the Middle East and other places. They have to until they do. They keep playing the same fluffy, puffy game and the fluffy, puffy preaching's got to go away. It just got to go away. It really does. Yeah, these pukes in the pulpit. I mean, it's it's cringeworthy. God is not your bellhop, folks. I mean, God is not Paul some skybound, wish-granting genie bestowing cash and cars on his followers. I mean, we sing these little songs, Paul, like, oh, I went in the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> who, who is really doing this, Paul? I mean, I'm talking about beating the enemy down with, can- open up a can of scriptures on him. Like, Jesus Christ gave us a good model when he said, Satan, it is written. We ought to be beating the devil down with the blood of Jesus. But instead, you know, it's just, oh, I went, you know, these little cutesy songs and, and hill song, Naked Cowboy and Baptism Water Slides. What in the world? Oh, 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 oh. okay. Now I've got a sermon for Sunday. Okay. okay <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're, we're supposed to be a powerful force to right. be reckoned with. So why does the church look so unrecognizable? The early church, like I said, they they turned the world upside down, Paul. They stormed the enemy's camp. They advanced the kingdom. Many of them died. Now we have pastors that go on the view and agree that abortion's just a freedom of choice and all these abhorrent euphemisms. Oh, it's just freedom of choice and, and lifestyle appropriation. I mean, get real. It's sodomy and it's shedding of innocent blood. Let's call it what it really is. I think that what you said here the absolute truth that what's going to first of all it has to be the church has to do this and the pastors it starts with them they have to change the, the message has to be look let's get real the cotton candy christianity is given a spiritual diabetes we become spiritual diabetics we have no energy left uh we, we're deflated we're just we're sitting here we have to realize that we have an enemy that's trying to destroy the souls of our family look at the transgender movement we got to stand up against that yes. we can't put, we can't make your sign out front and make it rainbow color and say everything's going to be good. I see churches. I drive by the road and I see churches with their signs now in a rainbow color. And I'm saying, are you serious? I've seen, this has drove me insane. In 33 years I've been preaching the gospel, I noticed churches removing the crosses off the steeple, putting different steeples up with no cross. I'm saying, what are they doing? The preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness, but to us that are saved, it's the power of God. Why are they taking, Then then I read about ISIS, Sheila, when ISIS was romping and stomping under the Obama administration with the freedom they had, they were going into every town. They, the first thing they did, they didn't shoot the priests. They didn't rape the nuns. They didn't kill the Christians. The first thing they did was break the cross off every steeple in the town. They knew to take spiritual authority, and then they went and killed the, the priest. And then they butchered the Christians. And so what's happened is we in America, we just take the cross off on our own. Yeah. We're ashamed to even confess Christ as our Savior. We're scared we to even say the name of Jesus. And we become weak as water. And the pastors have to start preaching the word of God again. 
Quit compromising. It's sickening to me when I see mega pastors get on television and compromise up with abominations in the Bible. They know it. These guys know the scripture. They know it. And then to say, well, you know, God understands. No, God understands that you're way out of line and it, uh, they've got to step up and do the right thing. Some of them aren't going to do it, Sheila. Yeah. They're going to have to be removed and God will remove them. Well, like you just said, and I think this is important for people to get the point you made is that, and, and Charles Finney, the 19th century revivalist, said something I really agree with. When there is a decay of consciousness in society, the pulpit is responsible for it. When Satan yeah. rules in the halls of legislation, the pulpit is responsible. Well, Satan ruling in the halls of legislation? Look at the memo. Hello, people. I mean, these dirty demons. But here's the bottom line. Finney was right. This whole American feel-good Christianity, it is coming to an end, Paul. It is over. God is fed up with these claimants, these lukewarm, dumbed and numbed, cotton candy, seeker-friendly emergent, nothing about Jesus. Three hymns and a PowerPoint, and it's all about me, motivational speeches. I mean, it's coming to an end, Paul. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And God's going to raise up God-fearing, fireball, power-anointed preachers again. They're going to come rising out of the ashes, or, or in my case, out of the cornfields, wherever. <laughs> but he's going to... They're going to be real, and uh, we got to have it. And, you know, I was thinking about also, Sheila, the Rules for Radical, the book Rules for Radicals. If you look at, if you read that memo again, it came to me. I was reading, that's right out of the pages of Solowinsky on how to overthrow a democracy. And you do it from within, and you do it in many different ways. You do it by breaking down the moral fiber of a nation. You change history of the textbooks. Look look at our educational system. Look what we've done. I asked my, my granddaughter, I got six grandkids. I asked my granddaughter, my oldest one, she's 13. I said, so what are you guys learning in history at school? She goes, history? We don't have history classes. I go, what? No, you can do that on your own. That, that's something you can do on your own. We have no history class, but we did learn the five pillars of Islam. <laughs> I said, do you know the 12 disciples? Oh, they? No, see what I'm saying? They have rewritten history in this nation. They're reculturizing us. They did it to our universities and our public school systems. Our pastors have done it in our churches with compromising with this universal ideal of, of, of God, 17 different directions to heaven through Oprah Winfrey Book Club. I mean, we've literally, literally, we have, we've, we've allowed uh, Satan to take over our homes, to take over our churches, take over our education system and our, and our judicial system and our government. So it's going to, we got to take this thing back and not with a little song going into the enemy camp. It's going to take, it's going to take some really, really, really strong people. And we're going to have to, pastors are going to have to raise up these strong people. And to do that, you got to be strong yourself. And that's what we got to have. So I'm going to try my best to raise up more out there to become those kind of pastors. I'm going to try to motivate people being called to do this work, to get strong and go do it. You know, go in, go in Sunday and ask, take the pulpit, you know, find out who's running this thing. Ask them why they're, why they're, they're upholding the transgender agenda. Call them out. They got it. It's got to change. Amen. Call them out is right. Amen. Because, you know, we're, we're too afraid we might offend someone, Paul. Jesus offended a lot of people. (laughs) He would get kicked out of most of today's churches, Paul. He got kicked out of the temple all the time. (laughs) And he would heal people. People get healed. Blind people were seeing. And Jesus was had to dart to the crowd. I mean, this happened all the time. And uh, he was hated. They plotted, you know. I mean, look, the early church, the early church, literally. I mean, Paul was five times beaten, you know, 39 lashes, three times stone left for dead. That's not a pretty thing. No. I mean, they, they were all, as you said, they're great martyrs. And this has went on, and we've had great martyrs and great evangelism and great revivals historically over a period of time, great awakenings. It has happened. And I'm begging God, and God's begging me. You know, the, last, the last prayer I had with God was God sent a revival. He said, really? When are you going to do it? Because I'm, I'm up here saying it's up to you. It's up to you guys. I can't send it down from heaven. Send it down, Lord. Send it on down. <laughs> no, I'm saying get up and get on the ground and get moving, you know, because it's up to us to bring the wave of awakening and revival in America. Well, but and do you know, think about this, folks, that you are accountable not just for what you do, but what you don't do. And what did Jesus say? Sit around and sing Kumbaya till I come. <laughs> no, he said occupy. That Thanks. denotes some 
type of action, Paul. We need to be out there in the highways and byways and and, and getting people saved and preaching the kingdom. I mean, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I, I just don't think people understand where we are in society. I mean, prophecy is on fire in the yeah. world today, Paul. The Bible is more accurate than most today's newspapers. So, you know, we really are at a pivotal Rubicon in society right now, aren't we? Yes, we are. And I think that you've summed it up greatly by saying, uh, if you look at prophecy, you look at the things that are going on prophetically, uh, it's a miraculous, it's unbelievable, but it is believable. And it also should raise the urgency is in the emergency room. Uh, It's time to understand that we're in the last days. I don't know how long that is, but we can see, according to Scripture, so many things that are happening now that Jesus said would happen when we get into the end times. So certainly, uh, in the next period of time that we have, we have an obligation, a responsibility to take the good news of Jesus Christ to every person we can. And, and we've got the technology now to work with to do it. So it's now up to us to go forward and to lead people to Christ and to empower those that are saved. So it's uh, we've got a lot of work to do. Well, and we got to really utilize our time effectively, too, because we're not, you know what, Paul, we're not even promised tomorrow. Jesus said, give us your daily bread. That was our model. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. We don't know what's happening. David Langford said something, you know, years ago, and I never forgot this. God gave him a word as he was coming off a 40-day fast. Look out for the acceleration. And then Five years ago, I was coming off a 21-day fast. I got a word from the Lord, massive intensification. And I didn't know, you know, I kind of just equated that to be intensification of all the craziness. But I think in this last days, we're going to see an intensification of of signs and wonders and, and incredible things happening, Paul, because these signs shall follow them. Really, we ought to be seeing that, shouldn't we? I mean, are we in the last reformation here, Paul? I think we are. I think we are. And you will see with these things that you're saying, they will actually intensify as we get down the stretch. It's sort of like a horse race. When you turn that last corner and you're headed for the for the stretch ride home, uh, we're going to see that. And I think that when you start to see it, there's going to be great manifestations. There will be great moves of God. There will be. It's all part of that end time, that Joel outpouring. It's all part of it. Uh, I believe that the power that the early church had, the, the latter day church will even be more powerful. But will also come under great persecution. And it's already beginning worldwide. 50 nations, there's martyrs everywhere for Christ. But it's going to happen even in the Western nations, okay? So look for this to happen. The next 10 years, look for major persecution even in Western societies. As Satan's going to, he's going to get so desperate, he's going to make one last run, one last attempt to destroy the church of Jesus Christ, but he shall fail we will win. Well, and and listen, right now we need to start prayer groups. We need to start home groups. We need to start praying with power and authority. I wrote a book, Power Prayers Warfare, that works. Very powerful stuff. You know, Right Wing Watch, Paul, relegated me to the depths of the damned over, well, many stories. Obviously, I'm the reigning tinfoil hat brigade leader. But one of the things I said was, there's a scripture, I suffer a witch not to live. Paul spoke blindness on these people. We should be doing the same thing. We should be coming at them with everything. I suffer a witch not to live. I mean, Hillary Clinton needs that prayer. Because I'm going to tell you what, it is a death curse to be into witchcraft and necromancy and black magic, these wizards, wi- witches, warlocks. I mean, we ought to be kicking their butt, not the other way around. And so that's where I think we need to really get the lead out. We're, we're just falling far behind in doing major spiritual warfare, like, like a SWAT team, special weapons and tactical with our special spiritual weapons of, of the power and authority. Luke ten nineteen. That's not some cutesy little phrase. We have power over all the power of the enemy Paul no it's a real it's the real deal and that's the real power we have and every time as a Christian we exercise that power God always shows up he's waiting on us you know uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue we don't believe it so we don't speak it and thus we don't see it manifest but if you know my grandmother she was a uh, an ordained uh, licensed uh, full gospel minister and and she had the gift of healing and and so 
sometimes I would get, I remember this one time she picks up the phone, she calls me and I had just started preaching. I was 22, 23 years old. I had just been in the ministry a year or two and she calls and says, and she's in her eighties, Paul, come pick me up and take me to the hospital. And I, I said, what's wrong? Are you sick? She said, no, but a, a lot of people are. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I said, okay. So I drive over, I pick her up. She gets in the car. She's got this big purse. She's got everything in it, oil, bottles, and, and she's got prayer cloths and Bibles Aww. and crosses to take on demons. And, stuff. <laughs> and so we go to the hospital. Well, back in those days, it was before HIPAA laws, Sheila. So I, you could go up to the front counter and you could say, can you give me a list of everybody in the hospital and what room they're in? They give me this list. I'm going down the list, finding people that I knew that I would could feel comfortable to go in and pray for. Okay around and look, my grandma's gone. I said, did anybody see that old lady where she went? They said, yeah, she's in the ER. Okay. The urgency is in the emergency room. She was in there with oil and praying. Doctors were letting her pray. And that's what I learned from her was, hey, don't be so politically correct all the time. Get to the heart of the problem. She was in there with oil and praying. That's how she, and people got healed. Okay. People never, you never see manifestations of greatness of God unless people are willing to exercise that faith according to the word. And so you're speaking some powerful stuff today, Sheila. I highly, highly, highly commend you for that. I think that your book is so powerful. And people need to realize that whenever you are willing, and, and if you can get two or three together like that, or get a half a dozen folks together, I mean, it would it would literally scare the Covens to, to, into resignation. Or the, <laughs> they'd be scared to death to deal with these fire-branded, powerful, anointed Christians. And that is the power we have in Christ. Amen. And we have to get back to good old-fashioned repentance, not feeling bad about what you're doing wrong, but turning away from your sin. Rarely will you even see an altar call nowadays, Paul, for repentance. And then the other thing is prayer. I mean, the power of the living God is activated by our prayers, especially when it's combined with fasting, and fasting is getting to be a dying art. Prayer is one of the biggest weapons against the enemy and the demonic hosts of hell that we're we're facing with in this, this litany of demons at the helm. And that is why we have to learn how to get back to, well, what does James 5.16 say? The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, what does it do? It availeth much. And boy, there's never been a time where prayer was so urgently needed, Paul. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm just, I'm with you a thousand percent. Prayer is what changes things. And I mean, in a big way, we can't, we can have that mountain moving faith. And uh, if we're willing to pray and uh, seek the face of God, you know, we have not because we ask not. And so we we receive not because we ask amiss that we might consume it upon our own lust. And there you go back to that cotton candy uh, message. So we got to get real and put our priorities right and pray according to the will of God, according to the word of God. Well, and speaking of prayer, Paul, in the in the waning moments, would you please lead us into a prayer? Boy, we could sure use it. All right. Yes, let's pray. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that today we've been able to share fellowship and to feel the presence of the Lord and speak truth. And Lord, right now we're asking and encouraging all of the listeners today to seek the face of God, Lord, to literally, literally to pray to you, to call upon your name. Lord, have compassion and mercy upon us. We realize, Lord, that we've been slothful. We've been slack. We've been lacking in many areas of our lives. And we've not trusted you close enough. We've not went to battle for you. We haven't volunteered to be out there on the front line. And so for that, we are repenting of that. We are confessing that. We are being honest with you, God. And we realize and starting to recognize today that it's going to require a regiment of prayer warriors, God-fearing people, Lord, that's not ashamed of you, and you're not ashamed of us. And we want to go forward. And in the name of Jesus, we command every demon spirit, principality, power, the spiritual wickedness that operate in high places. We come against them in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and we declare unto them that Christ reigneth. I live because Christ liveth in us. That power, Lord, you said we can do exceedingly, abundantly greater than we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And God, if two or three of us would gather in your name, you're always in the midst. But we ask, Father, that we come against these demon forces and we encourage the body of Christ to walk in their God-given destiny. For you said the, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And we rebuke every curse. We come against every hex, every curse, every witchcraft spell that has been conjured against us and against our 
nation. We pray for the president of the United States, Lord, his family, for protection. We cover him in the blood of Christ. For the vice president, Mike Pence and his wife, Karen, and family. God, we pray for those that are in leadership, Lord, that are walking in obedience to you, Lord, and are living according to the laws of God. And we ask, Father, that you help us, give us the wisdom and power, raise up a standard against the enemy when it comes against us like a flood. And God, the devil may come against us one way, but you'll send them running seven ways. And we thank you, God, that we have this power in the name of Jesus, and we take back what the devil was trying to steal. Now, Lord, take this situation in Washington, cleanse our nation, inspire our preachers to get up on their feet on Sunday and to lay that Bible in the pulpit and start to preach again the infallible word of God and not be ashamed and not be afraid. And, and don't worry if they're going to get fired by their denomination. They got to start doing your word, Lord. And if they won't do it, replace them with someone who will. And God, let us be about your business. Thank you for Sister Sheila for the work she's doing, Lord, literally for the power of God in her life, the power of prayer, and the power that she has, Lord, in you to encourage others to go forward. Let her continue to lead a mighty band of believers and warriors for the kingdom of God that many people can come to Christ Jesus and be saved in this time we live in. And we'll never fail, Lord, to give you the praise, to give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. Thank you so much. Very, very powerful. Hey, Paul, and lastly, give out your information for the new listeners where they can find all your handiwork. You know, if they just come to my website at paulbegleyprophecy.com, it's really all there. Uh, you know, if you find out about our ministry, what we're doing, uh, reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether it be through the Internet, through television or or through radio, whatever it may be, and all my books and DVDs, it's all there. Just go to paulbegleyprophecy.com. Our focus is to win people to Christ, to get people saved, healed and delivered and to stand up against the spirit of darkness. So, uh, again, paulbegleyprophecy.com. Thank you, Sheila. Folks, that was Paul Bagley, paulbagleyprophecy.com. It is linked there in the description today. Do like and share this video, however you're watching, whether it's on YouTube. And if you are not subscribed to the official Sheila Zielinski YouTube channel, you better get on it because in the next 30 days, we are going to go to video. And let me tell you something. This is a YouTube channel you're going to want to subscribe to. So jump on over there right now to www.sheila.media. Click up in the top right and you will see all my social media icons, including Facebook and also Twitter. Hey, like I said yesterday, if it's good enough for the actor James Woods, <laughs> it's good enough for you. I was so surprised when James Woods started following me. I've had a lot of censorship on my account. Some of my tweets get pulled off. I lost close to 30,000 Twitter followers after I called out John Podesta as the devil that he was. After that, it was all over but the crying. So I've got something really weird going on with Twitter, but you don't want to miss my post. Hey, I got a lot happening over the weekend. I'm going to try to do a tribute to the incredible former U.S. Marshal, our very good friend Greg Evenson passed. We go back to the old days of Republic Broadcasting Network. He will be sorely missed. Oh, what a wonderful, godly man that was. So I'm trying to get this done, but I'm working with some uh, some very cringeworthy sound from years ago. But the good news, we know you are now in the loving arms of Jesus. So we really want to pay a special tribute to him. You will be sorely missed, my friend. And lastly, if you do not have Power Prayers Warfare That Works, my book, you need to go right now. Jump on over to my website. Click on books. You have to get this incredible compendium in your hand. It is an arsenal of scripture-based warfare prayers. They're going to change your life. And I don't say that lightly. Simply go to powerprayers.c a not .com .ca. We will see you Monday. Have a very blessed weekend. Good night and God bless.